You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's the dude, you know what I'm saying? Nicole and Jamal. What does a successful season look like? Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Yopich, that's your starting front line. You're listening to the Chicken Nuggets Podcast. For real. What up, what up? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast, Grilled Edition. Today, we do have a guest on the show, which makes my life so much easier. I'm always happy to have a guest. Ivan Buss joining us. What's up, Ivan? Not much. I am in a good mood. I mean, apart from the actual physical state I'm in right now, the Nuggets are on a win streak, so I'm happy. (laughs) Ivan is hanging. We'll just be straight up with the pod. It's okay. It's okay to hang. <laughs> um, Ivan, call it. You graduated from the University of Oregon. Now you're on part of our team over at Denver Sports Betting. I could try to introduce you, man, but I, I'd much rather just give you the floor. Let you tell the Chicken Nuggets fans, you know what? How'd you get into sports? Tell us a little bit about how you got to this point where you're at now here in Denver. Goodness, uh, shorts. I mean, so I, I grew up in here in Denver. Um, I've lived here for as long as I can remember. I was adopted as a child, but. Uh, sports has been my life um and it's it's not just basketball too it's it's been everything um you know any kind of give me anything with a with a ball and you know i'll play so i play baseball most of my life play basketball a lot um like to golf but uh yeah post post college um you know i had a i had a group chat running with three other friends um that you know we covered every nuggets game we would chat you know we'd always be watching um when we were at college, I think we had one of my buddies went to UCLA, another one here in Denver. Um, but we kind of came up with this idea to to run a little Twitter fan page, which turned into then getting asked to work for DSB, Denver Sports Betting, um, and that's kind of that brings us to where we are now. It's been almost two years. Yeah, well, I feel like you bring a really unique lens. We talked about this a couple of times, just you and I, just because. You, you can explain to everyone just this phenomenon that is Bull Bull. And now he is no longer with the Nuggets. I know we talked about it and like yeah. I saw your, your TikTok about it. And then literally seconds later, traded to Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's tough. And then it was funny because I was having this conversation with someone last night, although um, for, a, for a change, she was actually on the same page as I was. Um, yeah, there's this strange kind of obsession with Bull Bull um, as like a fan favorite for Denver and don't get me wrong. I love it because I want to see Oregon alum succeed and, 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 you know, do their thing, but uh, he just, it wasn't working. And and I think a lot of people took a blind eye to that because they looked at his potential rather than what he was actually producing. And it's, it's really hard not to do that sometimes, especially when you look at a guy, his size, but like I said, it just, it wasn't working. And and again, when, when this is a team and my friend, this is a point you brought up last night is uh uh, when you're a team like the Nuggets and you're trying to compete for serious, you know, like, you know, playoff, like you're in a serious playoff race right now, um, trying to avoid that, um, that playing tournament now. And even years prior, you know, we've, we've been, what was it? Third seed and then second seed the last two years. Right. Um, so, you, you, and you can't, you can't play kids like Bull Bull when he's not producing. That's not, it's just not going to work because then you start losing games. 
Um, but Malone's been getting a lot of stick for that, not playing the younger kids. Um, but again, you gotta yeah. get results. Yeah, Malone, that's kind of been a thing that we've criticized Malone about for years now, right? Because it it's not just been Bull Bull, it was also MPJ, another guy who has huge potential that fans get really excited for. And then Malone's like, yeah, but he can't play defense. Because I think this year has proven that it's not about their youth, the reason he doesn't play these players, or or about their potential for that matter, right? Because we've seen Bones Highland get minutes. We've seen Zeke Naji last year get minutes and then kind of get cut out of the rotation late. Yeah. But he he's gotten a lot of he's got a lot of trust in Zeke this season as well. And I think it has a lot more to do with are you willing to play within our system? Are you willing to do the things we need you to do on defense and yeah. not just worry about having the ball in your hand. Cause to be quite frank, you're not our first or second option on offense. No, I know. And especially the way MPJ started this season too. I mean, uh, like uh, just let's um, like, let's just be real. Like he was not, he was not shooting well. No. I mean, he looked ice cold and it didn't matter where he was shooting for uh, shooting from on the floor. It, like it, it just wasn't falling. And I think, Obviously, now looking back, you can probably attribute that to, to his back issues um, at least a little bit. But, you know, from the difference you saw from, from MPJ in the bubble to the MPJ that we saw at the start of this season as Nuggets fans is just so vastly different. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I hope that at least fans give Mike a little bit of a break um, because he is playing Bones a lot more. He's trusting him. He gave him credit last after last night's game. You know, you mentioned you're in a good mood because we're about to talk Nuggets and they're on a four-game yeah. winning streak. Uh, but they're on a four-game winning streak and they're barely eking out wins against a, an 11-win Pistons team, Ivan. Like, how, yeah. how happy can you be with a four-game winning streak when you almost gave up a, a, a game to, to the Pelicans? I, this is hard because I, I, I think one part of me, especially this season, um, you know, has that kind of a win is a win mentality, right? It looks bad on a score sheet, but when you go to the column, it doesn't matter. It's another win. Um, so, but again, yes, are, are the, are, are these, you know, Detroit Pistons of the world are the, the Pelicans of the league teams that we should be, the Nuggets should be probably beating by double digits at least. Um, yes. But again, it's, you've got to get the wins and sometimes these gritty wins, especially right now when the jazz are starting to fall is huge. Because yeah. now I think we're only two games back from the Jazz in the Northwest Division, um, and in well, they're in third, fourth place, and we're in sixth. So um, again, I think right now it's just about getting results, and unfortunately, some of them have not looked great. But I don't know. I don't know how you feel. Yeah. No, I guess that's a good point too. You know, because I, I find that I can relate to Coach Malone a lot in the sense that. You know, Malone seems to be okay. Oh, yes, I agree with you. I think he has the same concept of I want to win. You know, he said that to us in post-game interviews. I want to win. It's I my job is to win games. Um, and obviously, I think we've all seen him almost have a heart attack. I'm very to totally honest here, very afraid that we're gonna see this man have a heart attack in fact, <laughs> on the sideline of a nice game. He needs to calm down. Not every game is worth like, you know, your blood, whatever it is that his heart rate or his blood sugar rising. I don't know, but he looks red as a tomato and he looks upset. And I resonate with that quite a bit because I'll be <laughs> over here on my couch watching the game or sitting in the stands watching the game, feeling the same way. Like, yeah, we're winning. But like I said, we barely won against the Pistons and they've won 11 games this season. That's really, really bad team. And yeah. I think this season shows, you know, with the change of the rising stars game, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, there's a lot of good young talent in the league right now. We're kind of seeing, I think we're seeing it in the NFL last weekend that what we watched in the NFL was like the best football. Some of us, I feel like oh most of us have seen yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I think the, the, the league is also the same, you know, the NBA is starting to the, the talent level is, is taking a huge jump this year. And I think that's why they had to change the rising stars game because there's too many rising stars to not not have more people allowed to play in it. So, you know, I agree with the concept of a wins a win and it's hard to watch because you know that a team that's going to be able to go deep into the playoffs um, should be able to get wins against 
the Pistons and the Pacers and the you know, magic of the world of the NBA. And instead, you know, they, they struggle night in and night out from your perspective. What is like the biggest missing piece for the nuggets right now? Man, it's just consistency. And I think that this whole trend, especially with the nuggets is, is something like, and we, I think most nuggets fans have noticed this over the last, let's say three to four seasons, there's something about like, and it's, and I think this, this lies in, in the mentality. And I think this falls on Malone. Um, but it's like when, when we play those, you know, sub 500 teams, like Denver just doesn't look like they, like they're, you know, hundred percent in it. Like they're hundred percent like ready for the game. And I, I think it's because, you know, whether it's them entering the game in a mindset of like, Oh, this would be an easy win or something of that nature for, for whatever reason, we always like the nuggets always kind of stoop to a, like opposing team levels. But on the flip side of that, you'll also see, you'll also see the nuggets Right, like raise their game when they're playing teams like the Jazz or the Suns or like the top, you know, the contenders. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think it's just consistency from like a, a, from a mentality standpoint and kind of an effort. Cause I think, and it's, it's very clear too. I think the, the weird thing too is, is especially watching professional athletes, there are some games that I don't know if you've noticed this, but like there's some games I watch and it's, I'm so like, it's so clear to me that like the effort is not there. Like, mm-hmm it's just lacking like that. Like it's, yeah. they're not giving hundred percent. Like they're not going after like, you know, loose, like just simple things like hustle plays. And it's not, it just, I don't know. irritates me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's why Malone has like his go-to guys, like, like Faku Campazzo, uh, like oh, guys who are, I mean, a, across now years, right. Mason Plumley, we've seen him do this with lots of players where he, it's uh, he's he does not care that's the guy he trusts and that's the guy he's going to go with because he's going to put in the effort every single game and that's what you get in Jokic and I think that's what you get in Aaron Gordon although he his numbers are less consistent obviously than Jokic's who's as consistent as Jokic this year yeah no one (laughs) right right that's it's like kind of crazy because we've talked about consistency with Jamal and with MPJ when they were healthy too um and just in general, you have the most consistent guy in the league. And then you have all these other guys who should be learning, right? Should yeah. be learning from this example he's settings, you would think. Yeah. No, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting too, because especially uh, when you look at the, the combination of players that Jokic works with, um, goodness, I mean, you wonder where this team would be without that man. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've said this recently, um, but it's, it's, I think that like Denver Nuggets fans, just Denver sports fans in general need to understand how special it is that like we get to call him ours on a night in night out basis and watch this man play. Um, because the, some of the stuff he does, like, I, I can't even, like, even, even though I'm like, look at the whole, like whole field of view when you're watching the games on TV, I look at some of the passes he makes and like, I don't even know like where you would even expect to like see that. Like, I don't know how he makes some of the, the moves he does. Yeah. So he's, he's awesome. He, it reminds me of, um, when I, when I first got into the sports world, I was doing Rockies stuff more than anything. Mm. And after my first season covering the Rockies, I was like, I will never ever take Nolan Arenado for granted (sighs) again, because I know someday they're going to, to trade him and get rid of him. And I'm not going to get to watch him every single day do these incredible things that he does and in fact Denver as in general has had some really amazing across you know several years generations or you know decades now we've had some pretty iconic athletes come through Denver and we always take them for granted we never live in the moment and are just like thank god we have this guy here yeah really I know yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I know. And it's, it, it was, no one ever not, it was a special case too, because especially for someone who played baseball his entire, like my entire life. Um, I mean, even like, even in high school, you have a really large appreciation for people who play in the hot corners. Um, and, and to see the stuff that he did and the plays that he made consistently, it's just absurd. It's mind blowing watching some of those plays. I mean, you like, if you, if you go back and, and capture like, you know, his top 10 highlights, every single one is like, it looks like damn near impossible. Right. And you, and I would say the same thing about Nikola Jokic. It's it's a little bit in slow motion, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely is. I was cracking up trying to explain to my friend the other night or last night during um, that game against the Pelicans, like, 
he drove into the lane and he kind of started at a, I'll say, quote unquote, fast speed. Not very fast, but Jokic it was fast. faster. Yeah, Jokic yeah. fast. And then he just went like at half speed and just did his like through the lane Euro, slow Euro, the slowest Euro I've ever seen. And the Pelicans just fly by him. They're like, they're not expecting someone to be going this slow. And it works. And he's got an open he's, and he's, he's pulled that move like a lot recently, the last like week or two. But because his strides, his strides are like, like 10 feet. So the man can go from like basically the top of the key in two steps with his strides if he wants to and just does that slow motion little Euro and then just like lays it in. Plays it in. It's so, it's really fun to watch. I've, I've enjoyed watching him play alongside, I mean, Jeff Green has been fun to watch this year. Um, I've really enjoyed Aaron Gordon. Um, I think that one of the biggest issues that this team is facing is when Jokic isn't on the floor and they went out and they got Boogie Cousins to come in. What do you think, what's working with this Boogie Cousins experiment? Because I've, I'm not sure how many days in we are now to his 10 day contract, but it's a 10 day contract. So we're at least halfway through. At least. Okay. I saw, I, I saw something yesterday that I believe the nuggets now with players back basically terminated his 10 day hardship contract and just converted it into a, a regular 10 day contract um, with the, to fill the open roster spot. But I think, I don't know, from what I've seen, technicals aside, um, three in his first three games, um, I, I think he's given Denver good minutes. I think especially in the in the games where Jokic really should not feel the need to play more than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like against Detroit, he gave, I remember there was like a, like a solid seven-minute period. I think it was from the end of the third to like midway through the fourth where Jokic literally could just sit back and relax. Now, he had to come back in and do a little work, but Does again, it's like, lost? yeah, and it's, <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's baffling. But Jokic like still has Jokic before Boogie rarely would get more than like three minutes on the bench at a time. Yeah. Because usually what would happen is Jokic would go to the bench when we're up either a few or by like maybe 10. Within the next couple minutes, our defense and our offense would both implode and forget how to play basketball, seemingly. And then sure enough, three, four minutes later, Jokic has to come rescue the Nuggets again and again. Yeah, uh, but I, I think the one thing I do think and I, I like about him, and I think we've lacked a little bit of previously in, in previous seasons is that attitude. Mm. Like, I think and I, I like this with Jokic, too, actually, this season, because he's gotten a few technicals, he's gotten tossed and I'm not promoting that. But I think you see the side of him that says I've been pushed around for so many years in this league, like disrespected, like just not treated the same as, as other stars in this league. And he's finally like, like, like basically demanding respect from, from refs, from like, from everyone, like from the league. Um, and I think Boogie kind of brings that same attitude and that kind of almost ego, but I'm like, I like it. I think Denver needs some ego. Yeah. They deserve a little bit of ego after what they've accomplished, you know, in the bubble. And then even last season, what they've accomplished without a lot of key players on the floor, I feel like yeah. they deserve um, some respect uh, what do you think is the reason for why Jokic doesn't get that respect? I mean, I couldn't tell you because even if I try and pull myself out of this biased position as a Denver Nuggets fan, <laughs> I, I, it, it, I just can't comprehend how no one, like people don't find him exciting or like marketable for the, from a league standpoint. Like he's one of the most humble guys that you'll ever see. That's like this big in a professional sports league. Yeah. Couldn't care less about really like these awards that he's getting and the accolades he's racking up. Um, so I, again, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to pinpoint, hard, hard to figure out. I definitely felt that way. Like just been watching, you know, the all-star starters voting and those numbers get pushed out each week and get accumulated. And you're like, fans are voting for Andrew Wiggins. Like what, what, why, why aren't you voting for Nikola Jokic? You, yeah. you not seen him play. Let me send you a highlight reel, please. Yeah, really? <laughs> oh, I know. I think, yeah, when it's, yeah, you also, you also look at players and I, I get, again, I get this to an extent, but like Clay Thompson was like sixth or seventh in all, in, in all-star votes. The man hasn't played in two years prior to 
like two weeks ago. Right. So like, I get the, like, you know, the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I get the admiration and like how just fans like adore him and like his game is exciting, but he, he hasn't played any basketball this season. And like you said, there are so many rising stars in this league, like push one of them into the all-star game, give them a break, like give them something new. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do think there's part, part of what the like not respect for Jokic is that he plays slow. Like we talked about, like some of the things, if he was going at the speed, John Morant was doing things. Everyone would be like, Whoa, that's amazing. But it's really in slow motion. And I don't know anybody who thinks, you know, if I do a spin move in the air in slow motion, it's cooler than in, in, you know, two times, five times that speed, like, like jaw does. Um, I think that that's definitely part of it. And I feel like also he's like to the eye, the eye test that people do in watching sports. I don't think he, you would know that he's doing and having the impact that he's having until you look at the numbers. And so if you're not a numbers person and you're not somebody who's actually checking the box score, you're not betting on games. So you don't need to check it afterwards to make sure that you're, you're back or whatever. Uh, it can be deceiving how impactful he is on the game. I think another thing too, and I, I talked about this watching a game a week or two ago. I think a lot of his game is also just like bare fundamentals. And I, I think that's also like the not exciting part because I, I feel like that's like that kind of like just that level of like, like his handle on the fundamentals and how to execute is so high but again like it's it's fundamentals and i think the game has changed a lot where like you see players like john Morant, and like every game you'll see him do like some crazy athletic like 360 layup or like reverse layup like under the hoop like just some wild stuff um you'll see guys like that's just a bad example because he's played he plays actually a lot like which does just from a guards perspective yeah um, but I, I think his his game is just so based on like just mastering fundamentals and then tweaking it to like fit his game right right it's very tim duncan it's exactly yeah tim duncan and like when you think about um i think i i agree with you there's definitely like more hype around bones and what bones is doing you know because he shimmies through the lane after he his crazy like flailing layup which is probably like not a great shot, right? Like yeah. the layup, but you're, you're, co- you're double teamed. And we see, we saw, I think we've seen lots of examples over even this win streak where he's contributed in a good way overall, but you still see him do these crazy moves that you're like, all right, you're overdoing it a little bit, you yeah. know, because you want to do something fancy and cool. And that's, that's bones swag. And that makes him more marketable and more interesting to watch to the, the basketball fan of today than maybe you or I like I love the game of basketball so when I watch Nikola Jokic literally looking to his right and then fling the ball somehow like Josh Allen style yeah exactly his arms straight and the ball should be going straight to the hoop and instead it's going to the left wing you know corner three you're like yeah. wait a second what just happened how did he do that and I mean the passes are impeccable but yeah, the, yeah, the Clippers game, the OT, the OT win. Oh yep. my God! I mean, he delivered it right in the Gordon's pocket. I mean, the Gordon didn't have to move, didn't flinch. You saw, like, if you watch the replay, I watched it a few times, well, a lot of times actually. But I like you look at Gordon and his like he's literally already on his toes, like he's literally off his heels are off the ground. He's like ready to shoot immediately, and because he knows Yoke is going to deliver that pass. Yeah, but to be able to deliver that pass over what was it? I think it was two or three defenders, one of which was over seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. into that space is just like uh, unmatched i know i swear he could leave the nba and literally have an nfl career like he he could be better than what the broncos have going on right now at quarterback oh easy yeah if we just get an o-line to protect him we're solid <laughs> right and just the broncos come out over 500 easy everybody know he's not running He'll yeah never- exactly yeah he will never run the football. No, Jokic is amazing. I think, I mean, obviously, like you said, we're a little bit biased. We're Nuggets fans. And when you get to watch somebody who's that incredible night in and night out, you are astonished even still at the things that they can do. I saw last night's game, um, 
the altitude broadcast they posted that he has the best PER in the league right now. And he has the best PER like better than uh, Jordan in 87, better than Wilts like best year in PER. And it's just like, I, I hope that the numbers only support, you know, his case for, for being as good of a player as he is, because I think if you really do, do watch him, which the Nuggets have a problem with that, because you can't watch him much. Um, if you do watch him, though, you, you're a fan of the guy. God, that litigate, that, that, that court case cannot go through fast enough for Denver Nuggets fans, for altitude, but just people who follow any of Casey's teams. Um, yeah, and it's... I don't know. Yeah, I, like you said, I, I think I, I want I want to get like I want to get to a point where Jokic like his numbers are not what tells his story. I want to get to a point where like other people are actually excited about him and like how he plays, not just like the numbers he puts up, because that's that's what's like and that's right now what should be driving his MVP case, because seemingly no one else seems to care about any like anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and it's it's just wild because like there's there's graphics, you know, when you put them, you pin them up against the other like top four MVP candidates, most of the categories Jokic is leading in, like whatever stat it is, it's his, it's his column. That's, you know, that's bold, that's bolded up. So, or highlighted. Um, so I want to get to a point where like, like anyone and everyone can appreciate him. Cause I, and I also talked about this, like if, if, uh, if Jokic wasn't like, if Jokic wasn't in his league, I would have a much like, and again, so this, this works both ways, but I would have like, I would have a much easier job putting Joel, Joel Embiid on the plat on the pedestal that so many people put him on already right now, mm -hmm. but he's not like Joel Embiid is playing in the Jokic era in the NBA. And it's, you can't, you can't overlook that. Right. Joel Embiid is an absolutely fantastic. I don't like him as a person, but he's a fantastic player. And it's, it's not, it's, you can't deny that. Yeah. But again, if you're going to pit him, like if you're going to talk about Embiid versus Jokic, all the stats, almost all the stats point to Jokic. Yeah. But still people turn blind eyes to that. So I don't know. Right. Because Embiid is better at defense, quote unquote. Yeah. Allegedly. That's on defense. And you will find, like you said, Ivan, Jokic leads in a lot of those statistical uh, defense stats as well. So yeah. it's kind of crazy to think about. And I do think like, you know, we're constantly told, at least I've heard a lot, you know, oh, why do you always have to compare the two? What are you talking about? All we do in sports is compare to past generations and to yeah. last year and to the, you know, the, the future who's coming and stuff. And I think it's kind of silly when people get upset that we're comparing the two players, because to be quite, quite frank, like you said, if he was, if Nicola was playing in the Michael Jordan era, they'd be comparing them, the difference between how they play. And Joel's playing in the Jokic era, and Jokic is playing in the in the Embiid era. Yeah, exactly. Like on that on that Clippers night when Jokic had that triple double, Embiid also went off for fifty in in the game that was two hours earlier. So like, I have no problem appreciating Embiid's game. Like, and, and I think a lot of a lot of people do have problems appreciating Jokic's game uh, because they have some kind of beef with him or whatever. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's just like you know, they're, they're both playing. And I, I think, especially like when you work in the media and just in sports in general, not even like, not even if it's a job for you, like it helps create, like it helps paint pictures. It helps like just kind of provide like something to kind of like reference. Right. So that's why Jokic is brought up with some of these, you know, incredible names. That's why Embiid will be brought up with some of these incredible names. That's why Steph Curry will be brought up with, you know, legendary names. Like it's, it's, it doesn't end. Like it's, it's, it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Do you think that because of where the Nuggets are in the standings is going to affect Jokic's chances at MVP? And do you think yes. it should? And I, I, it shouldn't. I, I don't want it to because, again, it's like Denver's plus minus with Jokic on the floor puts them as the best team in the NBA, literally the best team outright. Offense and defense. <laughs> and with him off the court, they are the worst team plus minus in the NBA. So like, I don't know how much like more valuable you can get on a, like a bare definition style, like reading of, of what that word means to an organization. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it shouldn't be looked at. And a lot of people say this too. It shouldn't be looked at as a team award. So 
like last year, again, like it was a bit odd because Jokic really kind of ran away with it post February mm-hmm. with the MVP race, but Curry somehow crept into that conversation come like April because he had like, he had a stretch from, I think it was like mid late March to about end, the end of April, early May where he was just lights out. Like he did not miss. He was carrying the Warriors back into the playoff picture, back into the um, playing tournament. Right. And then he started to creep in. Um, so again, like that didn't hold him back from being put into the MVP realm. And I don't, I really don't think that Jokic and the fact that the Nuggets are six or wherever they finish um, should affect his voting. But unfortunately I do think it will. Yeah. I think it, like it's, it's shocking that this team is at six with the personnel they have available to them, to them with all of the things that they've endured. I think, you know, yes, historically it has affected MVP voting where your team ends up in the standings. And I think what we've learned from history is that just because that's how it's been done, doesn't mean that's how it should be continued to be done. And there can always be improvements. And I hope that, that voters do see just the fact that he's playing with so many guys out, so many key guys. I don't think an, another organization has gone through the same thing where they're not just missing their number one guy or they have their number one guy, but they're missing their number two, their number three, their number four. I mean, maybe I know Will Barton puts himself at like number two, I think when yeah. his list the other day, but you know, I think as a team, we can say uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., you also miss out on your defensive guys like PJ, who was with the Nuggets and now with Boston. P- losing PJ was a huge piece. They've lost so many pieces. And I do think we have to give credit just, and I think most people give credit to Tim Connolly and the organization doing a fairly good job of bringing guys in. And now you have Aaron Gordon. Like, you know, where does Aaron, is Aaron Gordon number two or number three? Or is he number four? if everyone's healthy, you know? So technically you have, I would probably put him at three after Jamal and before MPJ, but I know a lot of people who would put MPJ ahead of him. And so you're working with very fringe pieces. You know, Jeff Green's not supposed to be a starter. Monte Morris for that matter. Although for the most part, aside from this huge slump he's on right now, has been a great starter and we can, you know, Malone trusts him and I think Nuggets fans can trust him, but he's really he's really more meant, I think in the original thought concept of having Monte on the team was to be the Jokic of the second unit, right? The the assist, the passer, the vision of that second unit. And the second unit is struggling so much because they don't have their pieces because really what you're seeing on the second unit is actually a third unit. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Sometimes even a fourth unit. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And to your point too. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to look back over the last let's cap it at five years and point to a time where Tim Connolly and the, like the upper management of the Nuggets has really gone wrong. Like I'm trying to think, and I'm drawing a blank. Like I, cause we've drafted, we've drafted really well. And if we haven't drafted well, like we know pretty, like the Nuggets know pretty quick and they've done what's necessary to help move those players on. Um, I think in moving the air, like, I think the timing of the Aaron Gordon trade last year was perfect. Um, and I think, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stick um, on who like on giving away Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. Um, but again, you, you look at it objectively, Gary Harris post bubble was not really any good. I mean, he was average on defense. His defense definitely took a little dive, mm-hmm. um, but his scoring was just, okay. I mean, yeah, exactly. Abysmal. Exactly. It was it was hard to watch, um, especially from you know what we saw earlier um, in his Nuggets career for Denver. So um, I, I really think the management's done a great job at at kind of managing and just working with what they've got. And I think that's kind of the motto of this season. That that's all we can do. Yeah, they're definitely working with what they got. I do think um, you kind of talked about it earlier, just how like when you're talking about like player fans and the NBA in general, just making space for new, new talent and, and different talent like Jokic. Right. I think, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely longing for change and turnover. And I'm so tired. 
you know, we had the all-star starters uh, announced um, just yesterday, right? Or days fly by. Yesterday I work from home now, yeah. so I think it was yesterday, but it could have yeah. been Friday. I don't even know what day it is today. It's <laughs> Friday, right? <laughs> so, and I felt like right um, a couple of days before they were announced, you saw this influx in the numbers, like all of a sudden LeBron's getting all these votes. And now once again, we have a team LeBron and team KD. And look, I love KD. KD is, a, a, I, I think he's got a few more years before I feel this way about him as I do about LeBron. But like the way I feel about LeBron is the same way I feel about the security guards at the Nuggets games and the, the broadcasters in general, like, don't y'all want to go home and be with your grandkids? Like you are too oh, yeah. old to be out here still dominating whatever position you have. Like, I just don't understand. Like when I am 70 years old, Ivan, please don't let me be in one of those blue jackets working at Cronky sports and letting <laughs> like, please don't let me that happen to me because if I do, like I have failed somewhere along the line. I want to not be, you know, I, I mean, I don't even have kids. I don't have, you know, yeah. so that's kind of far-fetched to think about, but a lot of these people have families like wives and children and grandchildren, and they look so tired. And I just, I just, Oh my God, LeBron looks gassed this year. Right. LeBron's in that exact same category. I'm like, like same thing. Brady announces his retirement today. Right. And I was just like, thank God, man look, don't get any more Botox. No one's going to be looking like, let your, just live your life. Just go yeah, step out of the spotlight for once. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know. And it's, well, it's, it's, and it's obviously like, it's easier for us to sit here and say that because like, you know, like obviously like there's, you know, there's a lot of other like hobbies and stuff that we've kind of developed because we don't have that rigid practice schedule and game schedule and traveling and all that. But yeah, I, guess I wanted the same thing. I'm like, like, don't you, don't you want to travel or just like, relax or like maybe put on a few pounds and just like chill right like just do you for like a little bit like you can't especially with LeBron like you cannot tell me he could not have retired 10 years ago and financially would have been totally fine a hundred percent it's the same thing with like when you look at like other sports like Ronaldo he's now 30 36 or 37 and Messi I think is 34 but same thing like their money is not like the majority of their money doesn't even come from the teams anymore. It's endorsements. Right. And that's not going to stop. Ronaldo's not going to, when Ronaldo looks like he does, those endorsements are not going to stop. So like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that they're still playing football. Like, and it's the same thing. I mean, like, yeah, Brady as well. It's like, good. Thank God. Like we need, we need someone else, like someone else take over, please. Yeah. I just, I don't know what the, you know, I do understand like the concept of it being difficult to let go of your passion. Like I still go out and shoot hoops almost every day. And we live in Colorado where it's, there's snow on the ground most of the year. So, you know, I I get it. I still love basketball, but I don't think I'm out here. Like, yeah, I'm still looking for that next contract, man. Like I'm going to go back to Spain or go back to Germany or go back to wherever, like, I'm, you know, and of of course I'm not LeBron either who has this longevity of, you know, his body has really held up or Tom Brady or any of these goats. I just think like, like there's so many opportunities to end on top, you know, like Brady could have retired last year with a Super Bowl in his hand, like peace out. I told you all I could do it without Belichick. I'm the goat. Shut the hell up leave me alone and don't talk to me, you know, like, don't talk to me. I'm happy. You know, I'm fine with my life, whatever. And it's like this never ending drive of, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, I, nothing's ever enough for them or what, but there definitely felt like there was this push for like, let's keep LeBron in the conversation. It's still team LeBron, you know, in the all-star starters when, when, I think it was uh, Steph who had the most votes before him. And then all of a sudden there was like this huge influx, but it's just like, also feels like a little bit of gatekeeping. Like, you know, like you can actually Steph, it should be team Steph or technically I personally feel like it should have been team Giannis and team Jokic this year. Like the the two most recent MVPs we've had and they've been starters the last two years. And they're also international stars and hilarious yeah hilarious really. players 
Yeah. And LeBron can still be on the team. KD can still be on the team. He can still yeah. be a starter. Why does it have to be team KD and team LeBron every year? I, and it's, I don't know, like, God, I hope other fans at some point feel like this, but I just feel like they're the old guard. Right. Like, like and like you said, like, I got no issue with, with LeBron. I mean, not that I have an issue with LeBron, but like, I like, I don't have no, I have no issue like watching them and like having them be in the spotlight, but like, he doesn't always have to be number one. Like, yeah, like, like we need to kind of usher in this new era because we have a new era of these European basketball players that are just killing it in the league. Doncic, Giannis, Jokic. Like, it's, it's, I think it's, it's almost just strange to me that the NBA hasn't been like, hasn't taken this as like a huge opportunity to kind of push this um, on a global scale. Right. Because I know, I know the NBA has big initiatives in like China, um, in, you know, throughout Europe, but like, this could be so huge. Right. And I feel like they're kind of slipping a little bit with it. It seems like a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. For sure. You even have, you have a lot of play international players, even from Me- you have players from Mexico. Now um, you have players from Canada, like Jamal, Mer- a ton of players from Canada throughout yeah. the league. So it just seems like a missed opportunity. Um, and like, they're going to get, jump on that train when the next group of rising stars who happen to not be from and not as many international players come up and then they're going to, it's going to feel like, you know, Oh, we're still behind because now it's their turn. And we barely just gave it over to Giannis and Jokic. Yeah. It definitely feels like there's like a push for those guys to still be in control. I was hoping this would be the year. Who are your top three, top five, if you can think of that many off the top of your head, snubs this year as far as start and all stars starters go. I have one right off the rip that I'm thinking of. Okay, uh, Anthony Edwards is going to be one of them for sure, and I know that's because there's a lot of big names in the league right now. But after like, and this again, this is kind of biased. Like after I remember after he ripped the Nuggets a new one like two months ago and shot he I think he finished with like 37 points he would he just didn't miss I started watching him a little bit more like when I could catch the Timberwolves on national television and that kid has got I mean again injury like for like if there's you know minimal injuries in his career that kid is going to be special Anthony Edwards is an absolute athlete he's got a stroke from deep he can he can do mid-range he's got the strength to go inside and and battle with some of the bigger guys um, so Anthony Edwards is definitely one of them for me I'm yeah. from the Timberwolves. Yeah. Well, while you're looking for your second one, I'll give you one of mine. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I definitely feel like Devin Booker deserves to be oh. deserves to be a starter this year. I mean, he's been snubbed year after year just as an all-star in general, but what he's doing this season with the Suns has been and and I'm not like even a Devin Booker fan. There was no one from the Suns, right? And there was also no one from the Heat, which are both top of their respective conferences, which was a big surprise again. So you could argue for the case of maybe maybe Jimmy Butler, but also there was there was a bigger case for Kyler Hero, which again huh. could have been a really fun person to watch and and you know just unleashed in an All Star game because you know he likes to shoot, he's got the talent, um, he's he's been at a, a pretty pretty good level the last two three years, um, but so I, I would actually make the case for Kyler Hero as well. I would like to see him in an All Star game, and I know he will be eventually, but right. And I mean, they, these are just the starters they announced. So maybe he'll get some votes in the all-star, the rest of the all-stars, right? There's yeah. still the guys to be announced. But I also felt like, um, and part of this problem, this snub issue is that we still categorize uh, players by like their position, which is just silly. You know, yeah. Jokic is not a set. He is a center, I guess. And he's not a center. He, you could also put him in the point guard position. I I just think it's kind of fluid now and we need to accept that and stop trying so hard to fit them only in certain positions. Cause then you lose guys like Zach Levine. Great. Yeah. He's next, yeah, he's my next snub. Great player has had a great year. Um, that Bulls team is top of their conference and very, very good. Obviously uh, they have some former Nuggets uh, executives in their front office running that team. And since that move to Arturis, they, uh, they've been phenomenal. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. And they were like, where did the Bulls finish? Because like, at least from my memory, like 
I could not have imagined this version of the Bulls, like even last season. Right. And like they have come out with with some fire, and they yeah, like you said, they look really really good. And so yeah, Zach Levine was going to be my third snub because uh, again, you know, Demar Drozens hit some of those buzzer beaters, but it's not just him doing that work. It's it's Caruso. It's um, it's Zach Levine. It's it's the entire team. It's it's playing as a as a really good unit that happens to have two really big names within that team. Yeah. Yeah, the Bulls finished 11th last yeah. season, yeah. and they're second in the East as we speak. That's nuts. Nice. Oh. And, and actually, to the East credit, because I know people, especially who follow West, like Western Conference teams, like to kind of give a lot of kind of stick and and you know crap to the to the Eastern Conference, but it looks a lot stronger this year. The Eastern Conference is a lot stronger than it has been over the last four or five years. No, I I agree with you. I'm one of those people. Like yeah. this is weaker than the West. It has been for several years. We just need to just accept that. So you can yeah. be the top of the East all you want. And I don't care. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, I guess, were <laughs> also don't care because they yeah. won, right? So it doesn't matter. But I do think just when you're when you're thinking about uh night in and night out, the amount of talent on each team that you have to face in the West, you're getting more difficult. Uh there, there are more worse teams in the East than there, there are in the West. There's more talent dispersed through the West. But, uh, but when we're talking top of the East, like you think of the Bulls, the Heat, um, the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, like all of those teams have a ton of talent and are doing big things. And then you have the Cavs at three in the East, like out of nowhere, number one yeah. defensive rating in the league. They've played phenomenal. I'm pretty sure they're number one against the spread too this season. I think I think they still are. And I remember I remember the game the Nuggets had against them earlier in the season when the Nuggets lost. And I was like, oh, we lost to the Cavs. Like you know, there's like they're such a bum team. And then the the league started to play out. More games started playing, and I was like, oh, maybe not. They might actually be like legit. And it turns out they are. Yeah. So all credit to them. They look really good this year. Yes, but that's like losing to the magic at the beginning of the season. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the magic aren't bums anymore. When did yeah. that happen? You know, because the Cavs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ever since LeBron left has been a bum, have, has been an easy win. Easy yeah. win. Every, and, and those don't come often in the NBA. So, yeah. Do you have any more snubs? Mm. I'll, I'll put Chris Paul in there because I, li- I like I like him. I like his style of play. It's very unselfish. And I think he's he's still part of that kind of old guard in terms of like the like the last generation's kind of point guard like a typical point guard um also because i have the utmost respect for the fact that he still has an absolutely elite mid-range game which is i think something that's become kind of lost in the nba at least in the last six seven eight years um that i mean because he like i remember in the playoff series last year it didn't matter. Like the Denver couldn't stop him because he would, and it, was, it was literally the same play. Every time you're on a high pick and roll, Chris Paul would roll the elbow on either side. And just, you knew it was like, it was automatic. Um, and so I think, I think Chris Paul is definitely, um, definitely a snub as well. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Paul probably thinks he's a snub too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also had Luca in there, in there and I genuinely, I dislike Luca. I don't find really? him. Yes. I, I, this is not, this is a hot take. People do not agree with me in general about this. I'm curious. Okay. I, women in general disagree with me about this because um, they love Luca, you know, and I just, I feel like he, uh, we see this in bones a little bit every once in a while when he gets in a ref's face because he wants a call. And I'm like, who, who are you again? I'm sorry. The ref doesn't even know who you are. Like, and obviously we know who you are because we're fans of you and you're big time when it comes to society as a whole, right? Like people think you're, you're a star, but in the NBA, you're a nobody, like no ref knows who Bones Highland is like (laughs) no referee. And Luca acts like he is such hot shit. And like, he should have the refs around his finger. And a lot of times he does he gets a lot of calls, um, yeah. but he just acts like, he, you know, I, there's a little bit of me that's like, come on, let's push this new guard through. And also like, well, let's not bitch about it all on the way, you know, like, let's not 
as, as players, let's not like ask for more than, how do you expect to get calls? You know, you're, I don't know. You know, I want him to sort of like do the hard work and, and put in some, some hard work before he's complaining all the time. Jokic also complained a lot. Faku complains a lot. Uh, Jokic did when he was a bit younger. I mean, he still does, although he'll tell you, he told all of media that he, he never talks to the refs, which was hilarious. You're like, what? You said, what? <laughs> You're like, are you sure, bro? <laughs> you just got that? <laughs> you want us to play back the highlights? Cause there was a lot of talking to the refs, but um, that's fine. You know, I, I guess I like, there's a little bit of that, that is annoying to me with Luca. And I just, I feel like his game hasn't gotten better I feel like he's kind of the same player he has been for the last couple of years I haven't seen like from three years ago to last year or two years ago I saw a big jump and I just feel like he's kind of like plateauing and maybe it's a slump a little bit I don't or a not a slump because he's still good he's obviously in the team but you know what I mean like I want to see more from him I get that Okay, so let's change it now. So it's if there's if there's one area of improvement that you would like to see from Doncic in the next, let's say, let's make just make it a broader picture, like the next two or three years. Do you have something in mind where you're looking and you're like, you could probably, you know, work on this a little bit more or or change this about, you know, about his game? Oh gosh. I mean, can I just say stop complaining to the refs? I mean, that works. <laughs> that would just make it easier to watch him, you know? Like yeah. not. Look at Jokic. He never gets calls. Not never. He gets a lot of, he gets whatever. He's got more recently, which has been nice. It's been, it's sometimes he gets calls, but it's, it's yeah. been a uphill battle. And it's sometimes still a struggle for Jokic to get a call when he's getting like mall in the, in the lane, you know? And it's like, because he's bigger, we should just expect that he should take more hits or something and more blows. And that should be fine. Even though this isn't football. Like this yeah. isn't a contact like sport like that. Um, I don't know. I guess I would, I want Luca to maybe just his court vision also like his willingness to pass the ball more instead of taking every shot. I just think he needs to mature a little bit as a player. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, it's like you said, it's, it's I mean, it's blatant. Some of it's, some of it's so blatant too. Like I'm, I think it was the Memphis game about like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, where I was towards the end of the game, Jokic was like underneath the paint. He drove and like literally got like grabbed by like two players as he's like trying to kind of like make a little slash and go under the hoop. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get the call, literally waits for the call for like three seconds, no whistle. And then in typical Jokic fashion, just like slick dish to Jeff Green flying down the lane and dunks it. We lost it. Not, not just lost that game eventually, but just stuff like that. And I think again, like, it was really funny when the night, earlier in the season, because I think, like I said, I think Jokic has kind of had it with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he shows it, sometimes he doesn't. But I think that message became very clear in the whole Morris bust up um, versus in the first meeting against Miami and back in whatever that was, November, um, which I am still a massive fan of. Still pretty crazy, right? That he hasn't played since that incident. Yeah. It's crazier to me that he complains about getting hurt after he did what he did and the type of person and player he is as, as you know, in the first place, there is a little bit of like boy who calls cries wolf, right? Like I'm this, the, the boy who cried wolf was like a naughty boy, right? He always was lying and saying things and, and then he wants to be believed and supported and (laughs) come save me when it happens to me, but also like, you're always doing it to, others so it's like that's part of his game and like that's what he's that's part of what he's known for and like the fact that he then turned around and was like like i would you know i would never go like you know go again like go for someone like with their back turned or like take a cheap shot i'm like that's what you do on a nightly basis what are you talking about like you watch the replay of that that whole interaction that whole like scuffle and like uh, Markeith Morris like basically went for Jokic's knee and in attempt and disguised it as like this hard foul. Um, and then again, like if he's so like, uh, it's, it's hard not to use this word. So like, if he's so like hood smart or like whatever it to be, right? Why are you turning your back on a on a big man who grew up in a civil war in Eastern Europe after you just took an absolute fucking blind shot at him? Like that's ridiculous. That makes no sense. 
Right. But I don't think most players realize that like Nurk, Yoke, these Serbian guys, these people who are part of countries that were once part of Russia, like what exactly they lived through. Cause like to them, they hear, Oh, Europe and Europe is fancy and rich and more, yeah. more um, developed than we are. Right. When you think Europe, you think, I don't know, handles the pandemic better. That's what I think. <laughs> Martyr than us. Um, yeah. So uh, I think like a lot of players probably like that doesn't cross their mind when reality is like um, bombs were being dropped. Like, uh, yes, here in the U.S., there definitely are other kinds of things that players have grown up with that have been difficult for sure. But none of us were like we've never even had a, a war on our soil like in years, you know. Yeah. That's totally uh, Eastern Europeans are a different breed. And you can you see that when you look at Jokic's brothers, who are two absolute trees. Yes. They're massive. Like I would be, and like I, I just remember the footage um in against the Suns last year or try to go at Jokic and then his like the fan footage right next to the Jokic brothers like the moment they stood up I was like I would be leaving like I, like if I'm Booker I'm out like I'm it's over like I, or start apologizing or something I'm yeah, yeah. You know, bow a little bit like yeah. do something to show that you are back you know like a dog like lay down yeah. my dog literally like yeah. anytime she feels threat she's like let me lay down and rub my belly you know she rolls up <laughs> do that Devin do that when you see Jokic yeah. you know but there's, and Jokic, like his childhood memories are like his kids, his brothers throwing darts at his head and yeah. that. So like, eh, you know, I'm sure like, I'm sure the Morris brothers have similar stories. I don't know what they were throwing at each other's head, but I'm sure there were things thrown at each other's head. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. When, when playtime is, is like, like seriously dangerous, you know, you might want to just second guess the whole uh, approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hope, I think people will respect Jokic in, in the regards of dude's strong. Like, just let's just know that he is not as soft and doughboy as the league, you know, wants him to appear because I think he made that known with that, with that whole situation. So yeah. hopefully there's been a little bit more respect established there. I did want to ask you, you know, the Rising Stars game changed this year. They're going to do, um, Teams of seven players. Gosh, where did I put that? Yeah, teams of seven players in a mini tournament, three games. Each game will be played to a final target score. Games will end with a made basket instead of a running clock. And teams will consist of 12 first-year players, 12 second-year players, and four players from the G League. So they're really trying to kind of expand their reach. Obviously, like kind of do what we're asking, which is show us who's, who's new. Do you think Bones Highland has a case to make it into one of these games onto one of these teams? I I'm going to go with no. And that's, a, I, I, I want to say yes. Um, but I, I think again, he's been very hot. He's a very hot and cold player. And that's understandable because this is his rookie year. I expect nothing less he's made he's made very immature decisions at times um, which is where the frustration kind of roots uh, sometimes when you watch him um so i think in terms of excitement man he's got it he's got that yeah um, but i think give it a year next year i'd be happy to say yes um provided that you know he can maybe kind of just find some kind of common ground maybe you know have a little more consistency um but yeah i'm gonna go with no i don't know what you think I mean, I haven't looked deeply into the whole situation yet. I haven't gotten all of Bones' stats. I do think that people will want him to be in one of those games, at least the people that we associate with as far as Nuggets fans go. <laughs> I think they want to make a case for it. Um, he had a very hot start, but um, – and he has had a couple – I think what has, is going to help his case – is that he's had a couple of really good games on national television. That Lakers game where he had like 27 points, he um, that was on ESPN or or yeah. TNT or yeah, something. Too, yeah, yeah, or M the NBA NBA TV games. He's had some really good games in those instances. Maybe that helps his chances. But he has been streaky. There are there's a lot of really young talent, and like 
like I said, um, it sounds like they're going to take 12 first year players. So if we're looking at 12 of the first year players, does bone make bones, make it into the top 12. I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not just because Denver isn't, I don't know how, but we're still not a big market, right? Like I don't, I genuinely don't know how, when I think about what a big market consists of Denver has it all. And, um, I hope, you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like Boogie brings this attitude to the team of like, no, we're Denver. Like, you know, like we deserve to be respected. I'm Boogie Cousins. I deserve to be respected. I'm a veteran in this league. You know, like I feel like he brings that, you know, and there's other players. Like I said, we've had a lot of other really good players come through the three, the 303. Yeah. So. Mellow, Chauncey. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, that whole, that whole, yeah, that whole Thuggets team, honestly, I mean, even though they looked like a, like a cast morality TV show at times, um, they were, they were some serious players. J.R. Smith was so much fun to watch um, in his Nuggets days. Again, you know, casting off from 45 feet, you know, often for J.R. Smith, but he made wild shots in the day. Yeah. No, there's been tons of great players and I, I hope that that kind of brings more attention to, to this Nuggets team in general, and maybe it brings more attention to Bones. But if we're just talking about like numbers, like the Rockets have like three amazing first-year players, right? Like when you're thinking about um, some of the first-year guys who are getting a lot of time and not like time on the floor, a lot of usage, because like you said, um, we can't play bull bull or Bobo couldn't get a chance because we have, we are contending team. The Nuggets are contending. They have other starters ahead of him in kind of a similar sense. You're not seeing as much of bones as he might see if he was playing for the magic. Right. I do. I do think RJ um, Hampton makes it. I think he will be part of this represent the magic, even though they're pretty low on the totem pole of standings. Yeah. Anyone you well, yeah, and uh, yeah, so I have I have I have a rookie list up here too. And then again, like you're looking at Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, um, you know, the ex-cowboy, Lamello, again, Anthony Edwards, um, player I brought up earlier. Um, so these are all players that Chris Duarte, an Oregon alum, who I've loved watch um with Indiana this year. Um, I think all because, yeah, because they are allowed a lot of those starting minutes, they've been able to showcase a little bit more, obviously, because they have that chance. Um, but you're looking at, they're on teams like the Hornets, the Pistons, the Pacers. So like, again, it's just, I think Bones just got to wait, wait a little bit. Yeah. Maybe he makes it next year. Maybe he, you know, has a huge jump. Doesn't typically happen in your sophomore year, but it could, it could, he's still, you know, he has a lot of good, um, role models. I would say on this Nuggets team with Boogie, with Jamal, with, uh, Will Barton, um and Michael Malone he has that good relationship with Malone hopefully he's able to do a little bit of off-season work and maybe he comes back and has a big uh second year second season and he's able to bigger than even I think we he's had a bigger year than we've expected so don't get me wrong like he's been great because I I didn't expect him to to do any of what he's done so far he wasn't even on the radar when I was doing a draft piece uh, for Denver sports betting of, of who we theoretically could draft or would draft. And he like, I did not know who he was. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd say he's exceeded, exceeded expectations. Yeah, I agree. And if he makes it, then we can be really stoked that like, Hey, he made it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, Ivan, I did want to ask you, you know, you are a part of Denver sports betting. So maybe you could give fans like, one piece of advice that you follow when you're betting on nuggets props or nuggets games in general. Don't bet with your heart. <laughs> Especially if you're a nuggets follower, don't bet with your heart. Um, I, I remember vividly this game last year, we were playing the Celtics at home and I had just written a piece and I was telling everyone to fade the Nuggets. I was, it was hard. I was very hard. I was like, the Nuggets are not going to win this game. And I had no, like, I, there was statistical evidence for this a little bit, not much, but I was like, 
I've watched the Nuggets enough and I was just explaining it. And it was really funny because that piece ended up just, you know, like pregame, they'll put up like tweets on the Jumbotron. My yeah. tweet in my video was up on the Jumbotron and my friend took a picture of it. She was like, is this you? And I was like, wow, yeah, that is. That's uh, I was so embarrassed because I was like, I'm on the Nuggets Jumbotron telling people to bet the Celtics. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> um, but the Nuggets lost that game. They lost by like 10, 11 points. Um, and so again, don't bet with your heart you gotta, you gotta bet with some logic. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I think it is really hard, especially when you're a fan of the team, especially when you've experienced snug life, you know, you want to always believe the best and you want to believe that Jokic is enough for this team, but it's so hard sometimes. And he can't, he's also human. Like, even though he seems superhuman to like us normal humans, um, he's, He's still human. And, and I don't know, you know, we can't expect him to do create. That's like, to me, distinguishes like LeBron from, from Jokic. Like you could in LeBron's prime, you could expect LeBron to do kind of these crazy things and, and take teams that have no business being in playoffs or in the finals to the playoffs and finals. And right now we're seeing a little bit of that with Jokic. And I think we're, there's still a couple more seasons before we get like that prime, of like, damn, Jokic took that crappy team to the playoffs, but maybe it's this year because it looks like it. It sure as hell could be. <laughs> it definitely could be. Well I, pre- well, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a pleasure talking Nuggets with you. You know, it always makes me happy to talk about the Nuggets on a Saturday when they're not playing. But, um, you know, and also just to have make friends around the, the Colorado sports world, talking basketball, talking sports in general. But yeah, no, it was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. This is, uh, yeah, like I said, man, talking nuggets is where it's at. So yeah, happy Saturday, man. I'm just glad we can talk about this in the midst of a, a win streak, so. Yes, I know, right? Because it's very easy to fall into like negativity with this team. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.